Welcome to the Take a Flight podcast. Hello, everyone. It is my pleasure to welcome you aboard the Take a Flight podcast. I'm your host, Cicely Stanton, and today we're joined by Danielle Cordani. Danielle is seriously one of the coolest people I've ever met. She also just embodies everything I hope to be in the future, and yeah, I just want to live her life. So I met Danielle when I was serving as a missionary for my church in Italy, where she lives with her Italian husband and four adorable children. Danielle and her family travel all over the world, and they always find the most unique and fun experiences to do as a family whenever they travel. So I knew I needed her to be on the podcast. I got the amazing opportunity to travel to Italy just a few weeks ago, and I stayed with her family, so we recorded this episode while I was there just in her living room, and I'm so glad I have all of her stories and advice saved forever on this recording. She's seriously amazing and so inspiring, so I really hope you enjoy listening to this episode. So let's just get right into it. Okay, so tell me about why you chose to raise your kids in Italy instead of in America, and maybe like what are the benefits of that? Okay. Um, so we came here, you know, we came here just for five years. So Andrea, he got this job opportunity in Milan and we're like, Oh, it'll be so great. We'll do five years experience. And the reason we haven't gone back is because the school's really good. Mm. I'd say that's the number one thing is the school's fantastic here. And the kids, they just have like a really rigorous education. Yeah. Um, then they're bilingual, which I don't necessarily think they would have been if we stayed in the United States because I'm home having the mother tongue at home, I think is what is the key Yeah, to having bilingual kids. And, um, I don't know. We just love it. There's a really awesome culture. Travel is easy. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I have the best mother-in-law in the entire world. You really uh, do. I love houses so much. <laughs> so that's fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to say like the number one thing is the school. And like, if we had to decide, that's the reason we're hoping that Scotty will get through middle school and Emma will get through like fifth grade, fourth mm. or fifth grade. That's because, a good age to like transition, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think my kids are going to be happy about it. Yeah. The boys already. Well, Italy has been their whole lives. Their whole lives. Yeah. And already they're like, no, we just like America for the summer. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. It might be traumatizing and maybe we'll, we never will move back. <laughs> I don't know. It's all, it's all in the, we'll see how it works. Right. Place, I'm just thinking about. I don't know my experience of living in both countries and it is a culture shock. I mean, you know, Oh, like in, in like, Italy yeah, from right? Italy to, yeah. yeah, to America, it's a big culture shock. So I can't imagine like growing up in Italy and then in high school, just shipping off to America. Yeah. And I think, I mean, they are lucky in that they are like totally half American yeah. because we go there every summer. Right. So I don't know if they'll have as much that, of that culture shock. That's fair. That's but fair. they did tell me like, but mom, I'm Italian. Mm. I think they feel Italian yeah. inside more than they feel American. Is that and weird for you? Yeah, that mom? is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, well, I have a friend whose mom is from England. Okay. And she said that her mom always gets really sad because she's like, I always thought my kids were going to call me mom and have accents mm. like me and they don't. And so do you feel like that at all? Um, I guess I don't feel, I don't really feel sad. I more feel like surprised. Mm. It's just not what you were expecting. Yeah, it's just not what I was expecting. Yeah. Or even like tonight, I was reading aloud to them. And Scott was like, mom, you mispronounced that word. 
<laughs> okay, thank you, nine-year-old. <laughs> so funny. He's correcting you. Yeah, it was actually the third time you mispronounced it. Oh. <laughs> so I think it's like shocking to have kids that that know a culture and a language even better than I do. That's not mm. my own. Do you know? Because you think that they'll be exactly like you, but right. Yeah, but and that you're the one teaching them everything. Yeah. And then right. they're the ones being like, Mom, that's wrong. <laughs> that's so cute. That's so funny. Okay, so because you live in Italy, it's easy to travel. What's, like, the decision process when it comes to bringing your kids on a trip with you versus when not? When not to. Yeah. Um, okay, this one is easy because I had to go through, I think it was four years ago, we did a trip that was, like, Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia. Anyway, and the kids, Scotty was like four or maybe five and our youngest was six months old. And it was really hard Mm -hmm. when we were in the big cities like Mm -hmm. Dubrovnik or Zagreb and the kids just like couldn't do it. And when we were on the beach, they loved it. Do you know, like yeah. if we were on the beach or if we were on hiking trails or out in the like nature. Like playtime versus... Yeah. yeah, and so I realized, um, and we're slowly maybe transitioning out of that phase, but after that vacation, which was by now four or five years ago, um, I was like, okay, no more big cities. Hmm. Do you, like it just wasn't worth it. Also, it might be worth it if you have one child or two, but yeah. we had four yeah, it's just a lot years. to look after and like keep track of everybody. And they weren't having fun. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they weren't even enjoying it. So yeah. um, then I was like, okay, Andrea and I are going to hit up the big capitals. So we'll go to like, where we go, Oslo or mm-hmm. Stockholm or like the big cities. And then we'll do four days and I just like walk and see everything and we get to try it all. And then with the kids, we're doing mostly like we went to... Annecy, France, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like this cute little town on a lake next to the Alps with a whole bunch of forest. Do you know what I mean? It was like lake time and bike riding. And yeah, there's a little tiny town, but it's not like going to Paris where you have to spend four days like going to museums. So that's up until now how I've divided it with the exception that we took Scotty to Paris for his eighth birthday Mm. and we're taking Matteo to London. Oh, that's so fun. Because I think at eight, you can start to be like, yeah, I'm yeah. actually interested. I, I was like, I just want him to have a city that he feels like is his. Like, mm. go up the Eiffel Tower and make macarons. Yeah. And do like a kid's tour of the Louvre. Yeah. And I think he's old enough to do it, but not with all the siblings. Do you, Like, maybe yeah. when you're with all your siblings, then, then one of them is like, this is so boring. And then the others are like, yeah. Do you, yeah. Like, it just keeps going a domino yeah. effect. For sure. But, um... When it's just one with the parents, like it's really easy. Yeah. Just to focus. Yeah. So up until now, we're we're not doing a bunch of big cities except for like the big trips that we'll take mm-hmm. just with one kid. That makes sense. I feel like when I was a kid, especially being the oldest and uh-huh. the oldest girl, I felt partially like a parent a little bit okay, with yeah. my siblings. Yeah. And so I remember getting so overwhelmed because traveling with five kids, mm-hmm. like I felt like mom like he's over there why aren't you taking care of him he's gonna get kidnapped you know (laughs) so I just I can't imagine traveling with little kids like a lot of little kids in a big city I can totally see where you're coming from yeah it's just harder and yeah and they're not enjoying it yeah Yeah. but like when they have their playtime it's just you know yeah and and when they're out in nature and I mean you can do little little things in the city like we will go to Rome but instead of like spending three days in Rome. Do you know what I mean? Trying yeah. to see everything. Yeah. So. 
Um, okay, so that kind of goes into my next question. What are the things that you have to consider for when you're traveling with kids versus when it's just your husband? Like, what kind of things are you looking for? Um, we always try to get our Airbnb, Airbnb or hotel like downtown. Mm. Because if you have to, I mean, now we almost always just do downtown cause just because it's so convenient, you cannot go back. But when we first um, started traveling, especially in Europe, we would get it like 20 minutes outside the city. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a lot cheaper. But then if someone has a blowout, mm. if someone starts crying, if someone needs a nap, that's like 20 minutes out of the city. Yeah. It can often turn into like 30 if you're waiting for public transportation. And then you have to come back in. And that gets expensive anyways. Yeah. Going it gets, back and forth. It's just like really hard. It's so, we made a rule. We're like, okay, we're always going to be right in the city, even if it costs a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because it's just nice to be able to run back to the apartment and be like, oh, someone's melting down or someone needs a nap. Yeah. And it's right there. Yeah. And take out that big thing. Um, yeah. I would say location and then just doing activities for kids. Like we went to Greece this summer. Mm-hmm. And I really, even though there was a million things I wanted to see in Athens and I could have seen, I went on like, we had a kid's tour of the Parthenon. Do you know what I mean? Because the kids are going to be so much happier. Yeah. You're going to be happier too. Yeah. (laughs) When the kids are happier, right? So I wasn't going to get like a tour guide that was so amazing with adults and be part of a group tour. Like group tours don't work for us anymore. Mm. We've done them in the past and we just realized either we need to do Rick Steves. Yeah. Like the self-guided tour in his travel books, or we need to get a private tour. Mm. Um, So anyway, I would just, yeah, to say, to focus it on the kids and do like the tours that will interest them. Cause if they're happy, yeah, you're going to be happy. That's awesome. You, okay. Looking at your Instagram all the time. I, your Instagram is my favorite thing in the whole world. Actually, (laughs) I just feel so inspired by it, but you always find these amazing things for your kids to do. Like, riding horseback or like on a mule or something up a mountain or I don't know going and playing in an orphanage and so how do you find these things for your kids to do yeah I think this because we talked about this a little bit last night yeah. the background knowledge I had this anyway I was listening to this podcast and there's this lady that writes a lot about reading and she talked about how background knowledge is the number one thing that helps kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and background knowledge would be just like what you know about the world before you go into the classroom. That's the number one predictor of success at school. Uh, and the best way to get that is travel. And the second best way is through books. Mm. And it kind of like just lit a fire under me because it's fun. Yeah. Like that is the most fun way ever to prepare your kids mm. to be successful at school. So I got really obsessed with like... Um, just researching on Google experiences, mm. right? I'll be like, what to do in Paris? And not only what to do with Paris and kids, but it'd be like unique experiences in Paris with yeah. kids. Or we went up to the Dolomites and we asked the lady, we were like, well, what do you offer? Um, and anyway, first off, we got a hotel that they let you like help with the farm chores and mm. collect the eggs. Like that that's was intentional. So fun. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, and then we were like, well, what kind of tours do you offer? And she was like, well, we do have this like walking with llamas. I was like, okay, let's go walking with llamas. Just, I think just asking the questions or doing the research mm. and being open to ideas. I don't know that maybe didn't seem, you know, maybe I would have been like, oh, walking with llamas. I don't know. I guess maybe that's a little bit expensive or it's weird or off the beaten path. 
but I'm always like, okay, background knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's do it. Why not? Let's go. Let's yeah. have, let them have that experience. And there were llamas and alpacas and the lady taught us all about the difference between the two and to feel their hair and to see yeah. one was taller and one was shorter. And That's so cool. So yeah, there's also really good. I love the um, groups on Facebook. There's like mm. families that travel groups on Facebook. And often when I'm planning something, I'll be like, first off, I'll just look through the past comments because there's some really creative people in there. Yeah. And then secondly, I'll type in like a post, Hey, we're heading to London with my eight year old. What are some unique experiences you had? Mm. And you'll see like the craziest experiences, like the coolest things. Or I even did it for Rome and they were like, Oh, we did gladiator training with our kids <laughs> in Rome and they have a gladiator school. What? I haven't done it with my kids yet, but that would be so much yeah. fun. Right. And I just had no idea. Right. So I would say probably the number one thing, cause Google search does take you does help you get a little bit of it but the number one thing would be to like tap into those groups on genius Facebook. that's because genius most of them are families that travel a ton yeah and they do so many cool experiences yeah i yeah. feel like i need to do that for myself <laughs> like just not with kids like what are some cool experiences yeah, yeah that's amazing yeah. so how long do you think it takes you to plan a trip on average like a week-long trip how long would it take you oh i don't even know how many hours a really long time I just finished planning Turkey, which is going to be 10 days. And it was excruciating. It yeah. was, I usually really enjoy planning my trips, but Turkey just felt like so many different places and yeah. so many things. And I don't know, I would say maybe for like a four day trip, which I plan, it's usually four days, hmm. 25 hours. Oh I don't know, maybe even 30, but I do like a ton of research. This is like a full-time job for you. <laughs> Why did get a job? <laughs> like what Andrea was saying last night, where he was like, you plan trips first, you take care of the kids second. Exactly. No, it is, it takes so much time. Yeah. But because I do so much research, so I mm -hmm. can find these cool things. Because if you just do like the basic, yeah, the basic Google search, maybe if you only did like five hours, you're not going to find. Right. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I plan trips. I just go and then. I see things, but, but that's fun too. It is fun. And I like the spontaneity of it, but I also like wish I knew about things sometimes. Like, yeah, like I feel like at this trip, like I did not plan it at all. I was just like, oh, I know where to go. I've been there. I I've speak the language. There. Yeah, I, I think know. language will figure it out. And they're like, it's been really fun. But at the same time, like I know there are better things we could have done with our okay, time yeah. here, but I also don't have the time to fully plan. No, trips. you don't. <laughs> And, and when you're like single or you're travel traveling with like your spouse or right. your boyfriend or whatever, there's no, you don't really need to do you, right. like, it can really be fun to be right. spontaneous. I've met a lot of people on trips. So like, oh yeah, we don't know where we're going tomorrow. But when you have kids, it's a little bit more important because you don't want to be stuck not knowing. Right what you're the, doing. The kids are the spontaneous part. You're like, I don't know when you're going to have a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay. Are there any products or hacks that all parents traveling with kids should know about in your opinion? Oh, I'm trying to think. Melatonin. <laughs> Drug them. I was against, so I don't use a ton of hacks. I guess the number one thing is we get, we do get the ear, uh, headphones uh -huh. that are like the big kind that go around your ear so that uh -huh. when we go to America, the kids just put those on because they're really easy. Because if they have to put the ones that, like go inside your ear, do you know oh, what I mean? The little bite like earbuds. for the plane? Yeah, for the plane. Mm. 
they'll like fall out and that gets annoying. So I yeah. make sure every kid has their own big set of headphones. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think you should have maybe asked me this like three years ago when I had babies still, but I try to make my kids able to go with anything. So I don't really accommodate mm. for them very well. No, that's fair. Um, but I will say melatonin. I was totally against using it a hundred percent against anyway. And this was, I think it was like three years ago and Emma was a year old anyway screaming sobbing on this flight mm. from italy to san francisco and i was like walking with her trying to calm her down and after 45 minutes this lady who was sitting like five rows ahead of us flying by herself with three kids mm -hmm. the oldest was like five <laughs> and she was like um can i give you some melatonin gummies i think you need them <gasps> i was like yeah to me and she was like i never travel without these it would be a great idea for you to buy them next time <laughs> genius yeah okay. i was afraid i was like oh but if i like drug my kids then they're not learning responsibility or they're not do you know what i mean yeah but i think at some points it's worth taking the shortcut or like the ipad do you know what i mean it yeah. used to be i mean i still am this way we'll have like no ipad in the car or no uh-huh but if you do reach a breaking point right at least it's a backup you can reconsider your yeah, yeah. your ideas, your previous right. beliefs. Well, I mean, I think about like melatonin, for example. Like, I take melatonin just to help me sleep. So, like, you can help your kids sleep. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's and not, it's not bad. necessarily drugging you. Yeah, it's totally. It's not fine. like a full-on drug, right? In fact, I will like try to give it to my boys when we're on the flight. Anyway, now they won't take it. Like, mm, you're trying to make me sleep, mom. I'm not taking that. <laughs> That's so funny. They're like, we know better. You're crazy. So traveling with kids, do you feel like it's worth it to travel when they're so young, even if they won't remember it when they're older? Yeah. And why? I was just talking to a mom at the park about this because this mom was like, oh, my husband and I are never going to travel with our kids until they don't want to travel with us, like until they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. And she was like, because my husband says they'll never remember. And I don't actually remember all my trips either. Yeah. Ne neither do you. Right. Like, I went to Japan 10 years ago, or maybe it was nine years ago. Anyway, and I don't really remember a lot. We spent yeah. 16 days in Japan and it was awesome. And I have maybe like five vivid memories, but the rest has just gone away. Or, that, or I lived in New Zealand when I was um, 15, 14. Mm. And I don't remember much, but what has stuck with me is like the internal principles. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. in New Zealand, I was like, oh, wow. It was my first time really out of the country besides Canada. I was like, oh, there's people that see the world in a totally different way than I do. Yeah. So it was those things of like interacting, trying new foods, trying. And although I don't remember like a bunch of the scenery mm. or a bunch of the conversations or anything, it totally left an impression on me and yeah. changed me. Um, so I think when we say like kids will never remember, we forget that as adults, mm. we don't remember everything yeah. either. Like no, the more time passes, the more it goes away, but it changes you inside. And even if you don't remember exactly every single thing that happened, you learn things that change how you think. Um, anyway, also like connections you make to history. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. you don't yeah. remember that exact thing, but you totally remember those small connections. And the other thing is I print out my kids, um, our travel pictures. Mm -hmm. I update their photo album every year. Oh, that's cute. And I think because they go back and they look at it, they actually remember a lot yeah. of the trips. Yeah. But the same for me. Like if you print out my all the pictures I took in Japan and I looked at it, I'd be like, oh yeah. Right. It brings back all the memories. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So 
they actually remember a lot. Like Emma can remember when she was like three years old. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But because she sees the picture, she'll be like, oh, yes, I remember that monkey or right. things like that. Yeah, so that's true. And I think, too, like when you travel with kids that are so young, like that's building their character. Like they're mm -hmm. seeing different things and that's like building who they are, you know, because yeah. I feel like traveling for me, like like seeing different cultures and people and languages, like that's kind of built a part of me, yeah. especially living in Italy. Like I feel like Italy has like a fourth of me, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but like, that's so cool that, I mean, you can't necessarily remember the little details, but like it builds a part of you, I think as well. Totally. Yeah. And even opens up your mind to things that are different. Yeah. Like our boys, we went to Iceland, I think they were five and four. I think they were very little. Maybe they were like six and five. Anyway, but they still remember so many yeah. things. Maybe not every little thing, but they'll be like, oh, the geyser. Yeah. Or the volcano. Do you, you know what I mean? There yeah. are things that yeah, build their character, help them remember like what a geyser yeah. is. For sure. For so. sure. They're going to be so smart. Like <laughs> they're literally going to be little geniuses. It's amazing. Okay. Um, what has been the most family friendly place that you've visited so far and the least? Oh, this, hang on. I have to think about this one. <laughs> the most family friendly. Um, so I don't know. A couple things are coming to my mind in Scandinavia, like in Estonia, mm -hmm. um, they had, they do everything for kids. You, like you'll go to a restaurant, Interesting. you'll go to a restaurant and it's so focused on family that they had like a little tiny table for the kid. And they had a little play area in the restaurant for the uh, kids, but not like a big, like McDonald's right. play area, like a little table for like drawing and doing Cute. stuff. So those Nordic countries, when it comes to being inclusive and like able to, to um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not tend to families, but just like accommodate, accommodate families. families. That's okay. it. Yeah. When it comes to accommodating families, I would say the Nordic countries mm -hmm. is where it's at. That said, it's extremely expensive. Yeah. Um, so I think of where else was really great with kids. I don't know if it depends as much on the country because we've only really done Europe, um, as it does like just being outside in nature. Mm. So like Greece was amazing, but just because we were on the beach, we did Mexico and Mexico was really fun with the kids because there were so many experiences with animals. Um, yeah, even Iceland, I remember had some of these like Nordic it kind of, Iceland kind of gets put with those Nordic mm -hmm. countries, something. And a lot of their culture was similar. They had a lot of things that catered to the boys. That's cool. Um, the hardest countries for kids, Italy. <laughs> it's not just because we have neighbors. No, I thought, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I don't know. There's not a country that comes to mind hmm. in terms of, of being hard that we traveled with, with the kids. That's good. Yeah. Okay, great. Maybe I'm just oblivious. That Europe's doing a annoyed. great job. <laughs> well, I think too, like Europe is funny because not a lot of people have kids mm -hmm. and like there are very few kids everywhere. And so it's almost like the kids are more special, you know, and like some, I think there are two parts to it. They get more annoyed because they're mm -hmm. not used to it, but then also like it's exciting to see little kids because they're rare. Yeah. I do think like Italy and France and I don't, I can't speak for like. Spain or anything I don't know but I have the tendency that those wealthier countries where mm -hmm. the families are really small 
tend to get a little bit more annoyed with the kids and they're also not accommodating. Like in Italy, mm. if you go to a restaurant, there's nothing for kids, not like the Nordic countries. On the other hand though, when we went to Bosnia and Serbia, we were walking around with the kids, I think Croatia too. And they would just be, God bless you. It's amazing. Like reaching out to touch the kids, like sending them kisses. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen when you're walking around Italy. Do you know right, what I mean? Yeah. People aren't yelling like, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway, usually when I only had two kids, I would be pushing them in the stroller. And these old grandmas would come up and they would be like, oh my goodness, they're so beautiful. But you're done, right? Two. Done. <laughs> but don't have any more. No. Stop, You've blessed right? the world enough. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's definitely a difference. Whereas yeah. the Italians and maybe the more Western Europeans, they're right. like, okay, stop at two. That's good. Yeah. Perfect. They're cute. Um, Serbia and Bosnia and Croatia were just like, as if literally at one point, I remember Andrea and I were walking down the street and we're like, we feel like superstars. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Cute. I love yeah. that. That's really sweet. Um, okay. What's something you wish you would have known when you first started traveling with your kids that you know now? Okay. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I should have known that I needed to plan differently mm. because when we did our, how many days, so 12 days or something in Eastern Europe, I got a headache. Like I was just like stressed beyond belief because I had packed a schedule that would have been full for an adult. Mm. And it was so full that we couldn't do it all with the kids, but I had my expectation here like, yeah. at a 10. Yeah. And I've realized that I need to literally cut in half the amount of things I can think I can see in one day. Mm. So I cut it in half and that way I'm not disappointed because when I do plan my itineraries, I get really attached to doing everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be like, I do at the bottom. I always have like, if extra time, one, yeah. two, three, four. but it, because if I put them in my itinerary and I study them and I get really excited, I really want to see them. Yeah. And I'm going to be disappointed if I don't have time. Yeah. So I started not even that long ago, like probably five years ago being like, okay, we're going to cut this in half. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just spend, um, do like three big things every day like a museum and um, something else. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the number one thing I wish I could go back and tell myself. But it is hard too when you are, um, I felt like I was constrained on time mm. almost. We had just moved here and we were like, we're only going to be here five years. And so I was like- You had to pack everything in. We yeah. have to go see all four countries in 12 days. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that I, I understand that it's hard, especially if you're flying from somewhere else. Like now that I live in Europe, I'm like, I can always go back there. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I can always just do like four days here and then I'll do 10 days at the next city and whatever. But I understand that if you're flying all the way somewhere that you want to pack as much in. So maybe even before you buy your flights mm -hmm. or your tickets, just be like, okay, hey, what is my intention? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's really good advice. Um, okay. How do you pack for your kids slash taking them through an airport? Like, is that a whole process of, um, like, do they each have their own bag? Like, obviously you're yeah, packing for them. Probably. They each have their own. So I'm, I'm going to give you my tips, but, uh, last time I flew to America, I forgot one of my bags. And luckily there <laughs> oh, was no. this nice lady that was like, you forgot this carry on. I literally uh, would have gotten on the airplane without my own personal carry-on. So I'm going to give you tips. So just keep in mind that this is not, it's not a perfect <laughs> world. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, 
If we go on like short trips, like within Europe, just for a few days, mm-hmm. I don't even do one suitcase for each of the kids because they're so small. Right. Um, and so anyway, we have like one carry on and half will be for one boy and half will be for the other boy. And the second one, half for a girl, right. for another girl. And then I have my own. Then they each have their own backpack too. And I don't, I don't really let them use the backpacks when we travel in Europe because I don't want sometimes under i'll be like yeah but they can pack their clothes in there because here like with easy jet or those yeah. cheap companies you have to pay for a carry-on but you right. don't have to for a backpack but in my experience when you have like clothes and underwear and socks in the backpack and toys hmm. like the socks go missing yeah do you, you know what i mean i just yeah. like to have if they have the backpack that's when we're traveling to america or maybe if we go to like Egypt or somewhere further away mm-hmm. and they only have like their drawing stuff or their toys. That's their fun stuff that if anything gets lost, yeah, I don't care. In fact, Mila did forget it at the airport this summer. <laughs> anyway, luckily we were like running all four of us. There was no, well, the four kids and I, anyway, yeah. it wasn't Andrea, but at least I was like, it's your toys and your headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that will kind of suck for me on the long flight to San Francisco, but, um, but I wasn't panicked that it was like her clothes. Her clothes. Yeah, things she needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because they're responsible for their backpacks. So yeah, I can't think of I just like I'll divide it in half. Otherwise, if we're going to the United States, everyone gets their own. But I've learned you don't need nearly as many clothes as you pack for. I'm sure you know. Oh, we have learned that this trip. <laughs> we packed so much and then bought so much. So we don't have open our legs yeah and i would be like oh an outfit for every day and now if i'm going some people are gonna be grossed out by this but the you truth just is wanna wear the same thing. you just want to wear the yeah. same thing especially now if it's hot that's a different do you know what i mean yeah. like if it's hot and like you're gonna be like it's summer like i do want to change and have like something light but that's easy to pack right but when i went to like Norway and Sweden and Finland and Iceland. I literally would wear the same sweater. Yeah, like no, that's every true. single day. Because you know it's comfortable. You know what you like. You know what you feel good in. And yeah. you're wearing your coat. And it's not even getting dirty. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not sweating. And you're nobody not... sees it. It's not <laughs> like nobody cares that you're wearing the suit. No. And so I always had like, oh, here are my four sweaters. And sweaters are so big. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So the kids is a totally different situation. I pack a, a, like a set of clothes for every single day. Well, I go up to four days. I'll yeah. do like four days plus they're wearing something. So five changes mm-hmm. because then you, after four days, you're going to do laundry. Yeah. Um, and the kids do get their stuff dirty. Right. Every single yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Even their sweaters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't spill stuff on myself. Right. Okay. That's fair. So- <laughs> Save room for their clothes. <laughs> and you only pack one up. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. My last question is um how do you keep your kids entertained with different ages and like levels of activities um i tend to cater to my older kids okay like even in my reading aloud which emma's <laughs> or emma she's gonna be like we're reading shakespeare in five years and she's gonna be like hey that's not <laughs> that's so funny um so I tend to cater to the older kids and then, and then the younger kids just come along. But because I did read in um, this book about reading aloud, they were like, actually, if you cater above their age level, then it's just going to drip down mm. all the way. Mm-hmm. But you risk if you cater it too low, then you risk the older kids being bored. Yeah. Um, but a lot of things aren't even 
like for age level. Do you know what I mean? Sure. When we did do the private tour of like the Parthenon, that was definitely at an older level, but mm-hmm. Emma and Emma did get tired at one point and I did have to carry her, but my three older kids were totally into it. Yeah. There's like three years up between them. So there, there's not a huge gap, but still the guide was able to cater. Yeah. Exactly to him, to them. She wasn't actually talking to us at all, mm. which I think made a huge difference. Cause if you're trying to cater to adults and yeah. the kids, um, but I would say like walking with the llamas or, um, we even took her snorkeling when she was, I can't remember if she was two and a half or three and a half, oh my gosh. but she was totally able to do it. Do you know, like yeah. she had on her life vest. Yeah. Was she able to snorkel like the older boys? No, but she put her face. Yeah under the water she looked at the fish and she looked at some <laughs> stuff and then mostly she just like hung on to andrea or my dad but she was yeah. still having fun yeah so i would say cater to the older kids and then it'll just trickle down mm. and soon she'll be she'll be ready to do that stuff anyway yeah, that's so. awesome that said i also on purpose don't plan vacations like we would love to go to egypt and see all the ruins and like cruise down the nile mm. but i know if i took emma this year because it would be perfect like a christmas time vacation um, she would melt. Mm. Right. She would just like on day three, she would probably absolutely yeah. start crying and just yeah. be over it. So I'm also aware not to plan really heavy vacations. I'm going to wait until Emma's like six or seven. Right. And then when she's old enough, then we're all going to go down. Yeah. She'll still probably be on the younger side, but she's not going to have a total meltdown. Yeah. Like she'll be able to handle it. Yeah. So, so don't like go so, uh, so high. Do you know what I mean? Be like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're gonna do ten days of just visiting pyramids. Yeah, I want to come. That sounds so fun. <laughs> see. I'll be your I'll be your little nanny. Yeah, that would be so fun. Uh, well, that's so cool. I honestly think that your kids are the luckiest kids on planet Earth. Like, so nice, no, I really them, like, No, we're not. <laughs> well, one day they're gonna appreciate it. They might not appreciate it now when they're tired and going from place to place, but they're gonna appreciate it one day. And that's super cool. And I, I hope that I get to do that with my kids one day. I'm sure you will. Yeah, that's my goal. My my goal in life, if I could have a vision board, it would be Danielle Cordati. <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you for talking to me on my podcast. Yeah, this was so, so fun. fun. And yeah. I think the thing is, though, you can totally have your family be however you want. There's so many people that I talk to that are like, oh, I could never travel. But it really goes down to what you want to do. Yeah. Are, do you, are you fine with them throwing a fit at the supermarket? And are you fine with them throwing a fit in Egypt? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's all the same. They're going to act like kids yeah, wherever you go. But you're going to be in Egypt <laughs> versus the supermarket. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Well, thank you. This was so okay. fun. Yeah, yeah. this was fun. Thanks for listening. Also, take time to share, subscribe, leave a review, and then head over to follow the Instagram account at Take a Flight Podcast, where you can submit your own travel stories or suggest new episode topics. Also, Follow at Danielle Cordani on Instagram to follow along with her cute family's adventures just like I love to do. Plus, you'll find a ton of ideas for cool and unique experiences all over the world that are perfect for families. Anyways, it was a pleasure having you on board and tune in next week to Take a Flight.